Hello, I'm Jody, and I'm a mama on a mission to encourage parents to take their power back. I know from personal experience how your gut is leading you in one direction, while the world is telling you that you are going the wrong way. You are convinced that you are the crazy one for believing hope is alive and healing is possible. You are manipulated to believe that you are not capable or smart enough to make life-altering decisions for your baby. I've stood in those doctor's offices. I've even been kicked out of plenty of them. Welcome, friends, to a space where you are allowed to ask questions and you are allowed to step into your power as a mama bear that has always been within you. You are not the crazy one. Well, hello, Freedom Casters. Welcome back. All right, so this is going to be a fun one. Uh, first of all, I am recording this at ten thirty at night, so this could be this could be interesting because Jody um, kind of gets a little silly at night. Uh, <laughs> and um, I just finished packing. I'm actually headed off to Hawaii tomorrow. Super excited. Waited a very long time because I refused to get tested. And uh, maybe we'll just chat about the mask testing, all that kind of stuff real quick. Because I do think that that has something to do also with this idea of reclaiming motherhood, right? And, and that's really what we're going to be chatting about today. It's going to be a pretty quick episode, but a very important one, in my opinion, like almost a foundation of it all. You know, we need to understand what does that mean to reclaim our motherhood? And then how do we do that? And this is going to, to be a topic that fits into so many different facets. Obviously, you guys know a big part of my story is um, how we turned around autism, how we healed our child from autism, how we did something that the entire world thinks you can't do. And not only that, but doctor after doctor who looked at us like we were crazy and told us we were crazy and shamed me and gaslighted me and all of these things and said, I basically live with it. And I decided no. And that was, I think, really the first part, the first like piece of me understanding what reclaiming motherhood meant. And, and I'll be honest, I think even back then, I wouldn't even be able to tell you what reclaiming motherhood meant, but I felt it, right? It's a feeling that's deep inside of you. And I know that you guys resonate with that. I know that you feel it. We just have to bring it out, right? We have to really help you tap into what that truly feels like so that you can just be off and running as like the incredible mama bear that you are, that you are. I mean, you are an incredible mama bear. Sometimes we just have to be reminded, right? So anyways, let's talk really quick just because this is, you know, pretty, uh, pretty new information that happened late this evening, which was the mask mandates being dropped. And it was interesting as it happened, uh, somebody had messaged me and said, hey, you know, this uh, judge basically determined that the mandate, the federal mandate was was illegal, right? Like under the entire premise of what the CDC was has been doing for the last two years and the federal government, like their entire argument 
is illegal. They were using the wrong data. They were using the wrong arguments to support their case to try to mask everybody, right? I mean, this could be an an entire episode, and maybe we'll talk about this when I get back from Hawaii. Um, I I will say, though, it's going to be pretty, it's going to feel pretty weird, I feel like, tomorrow, maybe even surreal when I walk into the airport, because for two years, I have, I have not worn one. I've been breathing. I have been making it work with all of the flights that I've taken. Now I have, of course, like anybody else come across a couple flight attendants that, you know, had their God complexes and probably were paying members of the church, the church of scientism. Um, but you know, we, we are going to run into that every so often and we just pivot and we just figure it out as we go. But I don't know. I feel like I might just be honestly walking through the airport with the biggest smile ever. And it will be very interesting to see how many people actually do not put on a mask. So I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty excited for almost what I feel like is a little social experiment tomorrow. But anyway, so a federal judge overturned the uh, mandate. And it was interesting as I saw it play out because at first I was like, well, this is good news, but as you know, in the court system, it can go to another court or a higher court, or it can be struck down by another court. But because this was a federal court judge, uh, if another circuit court would have tried to, basically, if another circuit court would have tried to challenge that, that wouldn't fly. So this was pretty solid in terms of how it occurred. And mind you, this lawsuit that was brought forward was brought forward a year ago. Like this has taken an entire year where if the case had been heard earlier, and and again, I don't know all the details in terms of why it took so long, but of course that is the federal government. Um, But this was a year ago, right? So the first airline to basically announce on their flight that the masks were no longer mandatory was United, which is very, very interesting to me because United, in my experience, my two bad experiences with flight attendants was actually on United. And I feel like of all the airlines, I've heard the worst stories about United and American. That's not to say that all their flight attendants are bad, but that's just tends to be a trend which is why I tend to fly Delta all the time because I've had such great experiences with Delta and then Southwest, I've had a few great experiences there too. So anyways, United kind of actually led the charge and I, I knew that it was just a matter of hours before the dominoes would start falling because you can't have one airline do it. And then the other airlines not do it because that would just be suicide for their profit, right? Their, their, their bottom line of profit. So one by one, they all dropped and here we are. Now, why am I talking about this first? Because, you know, as I was thinking about this today with this reclaiming motherhood topic, and I actually spoke about this at an event called The Big Idea in Wichita, Kansas a couple weeks ago. Um, I wasn't able to go super in depth because I only had about 25 minutes, but that's why I have my freedom cast because this is where we can go in depth. And then, and then uh, just a reminder, we go even more in depth in the Warrior Center. So if you are looking for that next level of, you know, learning how to really reclaim your motherhood, learning things about natural medicine, learning um, regimens and things to do and get a community around you that's just going to 
support you and you're not going to feel like the weird one. And if you want to learn about vaccines, like the real truth about vaccines um, and just everything in between, then I do recommend checking out the Warrior Center. And you can go to thewarriorcenter.com to check that out. But that is where we go really in depth. All the things that I can't talk about on social media. Um, You can also be a member of my free app. And so you can find that um, at the Warrior Center as well, too. So just a reminder that, you know, if this, if these topics really sort of pique your interest and they, they give you some things to think about, you can absolutely go more in depth and go to that next level in the Warrior Center. So as I was thinking about this reclaiming motherhood, I was thinking about just children in general. And here's the thing is I know that when this all first started, there were many, many parents who just had never experienced something like what was happening before with the mask mandates and the vaccine stuff and then schools closing. And then yes, schools, some of them opening back up again, but with masks and still social distancing or plexiglass around the desks and just the absolute irrational fear. And really, I think using children as pawns, in my opinion, um, to, to make adults who are in irrational fear feel better about themselves. And then also, I, I do believe children being used as pawns in a way to get humanity to comply. So if that was, here's the thing is, for me, when this all started in March of 2020, I knew right away. But I also recognize that there were many parents and maybe even you listening today that you didn't maybe understand everything that was going on or or that you felt caught in the middle or you felt like, uh, what do I do? Like, I don't even know if I can fight my school or how do I fight my school? And I recognize that there were many, many moms and parents in general who did comply, who did have their children wear a mask because quite frankly, if they were not a part of that segment of the population that just absolutely is that card-carrying member of the Church of Scientism, and they will triple and quadruple and do everything in terms of vaccines with their children and follow the CDC schedule plus some, mask their kids, just literally do everything that the CDC tells them to do and the FDA, and they go to every well check and they follow every single rule to the T. And, you know, again, just that whole, there's a, that segment of the population that really truly believe vaccines save lives. They really actually are bought into that. And you cannot convince them anything other than that. Even if their child were to have a serious adverse event to a vaccine, they still would not blame it on the vaccine. So there is that segment of population. I actually think that segment of the population is pretty small. I think what the larger portion of the population is, are parents like you and me that were, were, we're keenly aware of things, we're questioning, we know if something feels off, but maybe, just maybe, they're not sure 
the power that they actually have within them. And they're not sure how to speak up or how to fight for their child. Now, again, for me, this happened for me way back when my son was vaccine injured, when he got those nine shots at that one well check visit and we almost lost him. And then all the events that happened after that, which I detail out in my book, Autism Reimagined, um, that was my moment. That was my moment that I started to reclaim my motherhood. And so I have been doing that for uh, 12 years now. So when March of 2020 happened, from the very first video that I watched of somebody randomly falling over in the street in China, I thought to myself, no. And not only that, but just the 12 years of experience of helping my children at home with their health, not going to well checks, not needing to go to the doctor. We treat things at home. I'm not afraid of illness anymore like I used to be. I mean, it, it used to be that feeling of helplessness when my children had a fever. So I know that feeling. I, I, I understand that like I just don't know what to do and we get so nervous and we don't want to mess up. I get that feeling. But that was something I conquered about 12 years ago. And so when that happened two years ago, I was like, no, we're not doing it. First of all, a virus doesn't harm you. It's impossible. A virus is a dead substance. They want to blame the virus on everything. And we could go into the whole like, is the virus the actual problem? And does a virus actually exist? And terrain theory and germ theory. And we talk about that a lot in the Warrior Center. And I do talk about that as much as I can on social media without getting deleted eight times or seven times, knock on wood. <laughs> um, but, you know, the health piece of it, right? So understanding right away that that is not going to be the best option to cover my child's face and restrict their oxygen or have them wear a mask where they're breathing in their own germs. Um, not only that, but for me, it was a lot more of that social and emotional piece. It was that, that, you know, oh my gosh, what would this do to their mental health if they had to wear a mask eight hours a day, right? Or if I was in such fear for my own health, because let's say maybe I wasn't taking care of myself. Maybe I believed, believe wholeheartedly in doctors that they're there to save me and that I don't, you know, I don't have to do anything for my health. If I don't feel good, I'll just go to the doctor and I'll just get a medication and, you know, prescriptions are the way to health. And if that was my perspective, if that was my belief system, then yeah. I mean, again, that's probably more of that segment of the population that is um, part of the church of scientism, right? But you look at that larger portion of the population of moms who are just trying to figure it out. And that's what I want to help you do. I want to help you understand what reclaiming your motherhood really means so that you can continue to build your courage. That, you know, this isn't about looking back at the last two years and beating yourself up for anything. Don't do that. We move forward right? We move forward in the knowledge and the courage that we gain every single day. And part of that moving forward process is that we learn from the past so that we don't repeat those things in the future and that we also help other people along the way because that's what it takes. It takes a village. It takes us having our courage 
and our courage spills over into another mom. But if we're not showing our courage, if we're not standing up in our courage every day, then maybe that mom or that friend or that sister or your mom or whoever it is, they're not going to they're not going to pick up on your courage, right? If we're not standing in it and showing it every day. So there's really a whole process here. And so again, if, if you know, I, I think of this whole mask mandate that's been dropped, right? And I just think of the kids, but it's not about blaming. It's not about blaming somebody else. It's not about pointing the finger at another parent, because again, I don't, I don't know what they're going through inside. I know that there is a segment of the population that again, they, they're all bought in. They are all bought into vaccines and masks and more power to them, right? It's sad. I feel sad for their kids, but I can't change them. And that's not anything that I can control. And then there's, there's all of us, right? Who we're going through that process of building our courage and empowerment and mama bear warrior spirit every day. And I think this is a moment where we can look back at the last two years and go, you know what? I get it now. I get it. And I'm going to, I'm the gatekeeper of my home. I'm the gatekeeper of my children's lives. And I'm just not willing to fall for that again. And it's okay to say that. It's okay to say, you know what? Yeah, I was duped for a little while. I didn't know what I could do. I didn't know I could fight the school. I didn't know I could pull my child in homeschool. I didn't know that we could go over here to this other school. I didn't know that, you know, I don't have to go to well checks. Like, why am I even going to well checks? They're pointless. They just want you to get a vaccine. That's the whole point of the well check, right? Like we can have those light bulb moments and we can reclaim our motherhood in those light bulb moments. So what is reclaiming motherhood actually mean. And so when I think about this, I think about the idea of reclaiming means that the sad truth of it is, is that something has been lost along the way. So what that means is if we are reclaiming our motherhood back, there have been moments and times and events where we have lost it. And I think back in that office, when I allowed them to inject my child nine freaking times and I did nothing but stand there paralyzed. Like I was having an out-of-body experience and I should have just swooped him up and ran out and I didn't. I lost something that day. And then I worked to reclaim it back. So our motherhood has gotten mixed up and diluted with things like people-pleasing surrendering our power to people who have demanded it from us, like a pediatrician, listening to voices who have no right to speak into our own decisions for our family. So this could be a pediatrician again. This could be a family member. It could be anybody who literally has no right to speak into your life because they haven't earned that right. They haven't earned that trust. And then simply going along with the cultural expectations, right? And we think about why did so many people comply for two years? Why are so many people still complying? Why are so many parents still bringing their child in for a booster after booster after booster? Cultural expectations, because it's really uncomfortable to stand up and say no, because what will happen? You might get shamed. You might get yelled at. You might get called names. Somebody might say something mean to you on social media. Like, 
these are the things that we as mothers, and, I, and I'm speaking to you listening to this Freedom Cast right now, this is your time to say, I don't care if anybody calls me a name. Remember, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Let's kind of go back to preschool for a second. Nobody can hurt you. <laughs> I promise you. I have been called every name in the book. I have people attack me all the time. We've had death threats. We've had all the things. When you're walking in your belief system without faltering, I can promise you, you'll be okay. In fact, you'll be more than okay. Now, in order to find our truest mothering instincts again, we have to enter into the story about where and when did we lose it to begin with. So I want you to think about as you're listening to this, maybe you're driving, maybe you're working out, maybe you're doing laundry or cooking dinner, but think back for a minute and consider your own personal story, right? So what is your story? Because your story matters. And in particular, your story matters in your childhood years. Where were you taught that your feelings and your voice didn't matter? Who told you that you were too much? Who told you that you weren't capable or smart enough or brave enough? When were your fears, heartaches, and tears dismissed? Because these are all things that we carry around, right? So when I talk about things like generational trauma, which we talk a lot about in the Warrior Center and helping people work through their generational trauma, this is generational trauma. This is a big part of it that we carry around these messages in our bodies and in our hearts. And this baggage impacts our mothering, whether we realize it or not. That's why it's so important to release it and work through it and recognize it. If you carry around the message that your voice doesn't matter, then it's extra hard to believe you can use it to challenge your child's doctor. Think about that for a second. If you think that your voice doesn't matter, how are you going to challenge the pediatrician? Or how are you going to stand up and go, yeah, we're just not going to go to well checks anymore. If you carry around the message that you're too much, you will shrink yourself into an acceptable shape and size when your family member, friend tells you how to parent your own child. How many of you have a mom or a dad, or there's a grandma, grandpa, could be in-laws, mother-in-law, Sister, brother, sister-in-law could be any family member that tries to tell you what to do. And I would dare say probably a little shame in there too. And that doesn't feel good. And so think about it. If we don't feel good, we're going to do something immediately to feel better. And for many people, that means complying. And doing it because we don't like how somebody's making us feel, even though we know it's wrong. Now, if you carry around the message that you're not smart enough, then you probably won't feel confident to gather even the most basic research that could make a difference in your child's healing. Think about that for a sec, right? If you don't feel smart enough, then you're going to 
basically question yourself every day when you go and you research vaccines or you read this book or read that book or watch this video series or whatever it is. And you're going to question yourself all the time because you're going to think, nah, I don't know. I'm not smart enough. I don't know to think about that versus what is reclaiming motherhood? Your intuition. Your intuition doesn't lie to you. So if you get that sick feeling before you're going to a well check, that, my friend, is the voice inside of you telling you to turn around and go home. (laughs) Now, what can we do about these blockages and other things that are basically robbing us of our maternal rights to parent from our own wisdom? If we don't reclaim our voices as mothers, someone else will be happy to step in and speak for you. They will be taking the power we were given by God to care for our own children. And guess what? You cannot afford to give that away. You cannot. Don't give it away, my friend. So little, so little like mental exercise here for a second. I want you to think about three people. Three people, the first ones that come to mind or key influences in your life who have been happy to step in and speak for you in your parenting journey. So this could be things like a pediatrician. It could be a mother-in-law. It could be a friend. It could be culture. It could be your spouse. Three people. I want you to think of three people right now who have stepped in and spoken for you. And how do you feel when someone takes this power from you? Have you seen the negative effects in your children's lives when someone else is making decisions for them that go against your gut? Probably yes. And then we need to identify our own blockages, right? So really, what are we so afraid of? How might it cost us if we use our voice? And this is the real real hard truth. And this is the part where I think a lot of people stop because we're, we get nervous if something costs us something. We don't, it, it's like the unknown or it just feels really confrontational, right? So relationship costs. I would bet in the last two years, anybody listening to this episode, and by the way, share it out too. I would be so honored if you would share this episode today with a mom in your life, a friend who needs to hear this message, who needs to maybe reclaim their own motherhood. So there's relationship costs because we've all lost relationships over the last two years. There's no way that we haven't. Everybody has had a cost over the last two years. Believe it or not, whether they've spoken up or not, there's always, there's been a cost to everybody. I would say more so for people, and I'm raising my hand, who have really spoken up, who have really challenged the narrative, who have really triggered people, there's also rejection. And the thing is, as human beings, but especially as women, we don't like rejection. Right? It feels so like, oh, nobody likes me. And this is, again, goes back to childhood. It absolutely goes back to childhood. So there's a cost of rejection. Yeah, you might get rejected. There might be a friend in your life who's like, 
yeah, you know, if you're not going to vaccinate your kids, then we can't have a play date anymore. I've had that said to me, by by the way. I have had that said to me. And I've had I've had to come to the conclusion that my child and my child's health and well-being is not worth me injecting them with poison so that I can go play with this person over here who doesn't acknowledge me for who I am as a mother, that I have to somehow fit into their box. It's not worth it to me. There's also criticism, right? So like think about social media. A big reason why so many people get off social media is because they can't handle the criticism. They can't understand and see that trolls and bots and people who aren't even real come and make try to make their life miserable because that's how they know that they can get you because they understand human psyche and the dynamic of human relationship. And they know if I go and say all this, oh, I'm going to really trip them up. I'm going to really make their life miserable. So don't let them. You're going to get criticism. You're going to get criticism your entire life. It's just time to like grow up and be like, eh, whatever. You can criticize me all you want, but I'm the line in the sand for my children. I am the one answering to God someday for how, for the choices we made, right? And that, I mean, that, and that goes for so many things like thinking about social media for our children, all of these tough decisions we have to make nowadays that we didn't have to, to weather in the 1970s and 80s, or I mean, for probably most of us listening to this, maybe growing up in the 80s and 90s, there wasn't social media, there wasn't iPhones and all that stuff. So these, these choices that we as parents sometimes make, whether it's homeschooling or no, our children doesn't have an eye, our, ch- our child's not going to have an iPhone. We don't watch Disney or whatever it is for you, right? You're going to get criticism because you're going against the social norm. And that social norm has become so diluted down with people being so offended by everything that anything goes. And if you try to hold those virtues and beliefs strong in your life, you're going to get criticized. So you're also getting arguments, right? So relationship costs, rejection, criticism, and yep, you might get in some arguments, maybe with some family members. Now you can choose not to get in an argument, but the fact of the matter is somebody may try to argue with you, in which case then you can just take the high road and say, you know, this is just our choice as a family. Have a great day, even if it's a family member. Um, And then what are the costs if you let others make your mothering decisions for you? Here's the biggest one, right? The health, safety, functioning, growth, and connection with your child. Now, I want, let's, let's go back for a second here. Most people are afraid of these costs. Relationship costs, rejection, criticism, arguments. Most people are afraid of that. What I'm afraid of, I will tell you, is the cost that if I give away my power to somebody else, the cost to my child's health, safety, functioning, growth, and connection far outweighs any rejection, criticism, or relationship costs that I'm going to receive as an adult. We have to weigh these costs against each other. And you have to ask yourself, which ones are you most willing to pay? For me, I'm more willing to pay rejection, criticism, and relationship costs. And yes, even the occasional argument. 
that's fine. I'll take that any day over my child being maimed and injured for the rest of their life by a vaccine or mental and emotional damage by wearing a mask or being on social media. And I've had some of these blockages, right? So I've shared some of them already when, when our son was injured and we were up against basically what felt like the entire world saying, just accept this label of autism. There's nothing you can do. And for a moment, I think I caught myself just accepting it. And then I woke up and I thought to myself, no, my child was fine. And now he's not fine, which tells me something happened. And you, Mr. Neurologist or Mr. Pediatrician or whoever, 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 you cannot tell me that this is random. You cannot convince me that this is genetic. And you certainly cannot tell me that I have no ability to help my child get better because I do. And it's the mom that gets to do that. And it's a beautiful gift because there's a special connection that we have with our children that only we have. And so working through those blockages in the very beginning of our journey and then losing friends along the way, really good friends who just, it's as if they lost their mind that we stopped vaccinating. They just couldn't like, again, it's one of those things. You can't play with my kid. Nope. Sorry. We can't play together anymore because you don't vaccinate your child. I mean, what a wretched, I mean, really what a wretched thing to say to another mom, but what a wretched way to live your life, to be honest with you. So when we use our mother wisdom to discern when the scripts being told to us are actually harmful versus when they promise to be helpful, right? So think about this. When we use our mother wisdom to discern scripts or messages that are being told to us that are harmful versus seeing the ones that are helpful, okay? So first, you need to look at the source. Who's writing that script? Who should you entrust your children to? Basically, think about even that well check, okay? That's like kind of entrusting your child to somebody else. But what script are they writing for you? What demands do they have over you? What other possible motives could they have instead of the health and healing for your child? And now again, think about this too, and we have to recognize this, that there is the belief that vaccines are the only way to health. That is a hard line in the sand for me. If you believe that, we're not going to you. And I mean, we don't go to doctors or well checks unless it's an absolute life or death emergency. But if their belief is that vaccines are the only way to health, to me, that's a boundary. That's like, nope, see ya, goodbye, right? Okay, so now look at it. Now look a second time. Really look deeply here. We are not going to just give our kids over to social or medical experiments, my friends. You are not going to do that. These are our children. No one knows them or loves them like we do. And then I want you to compare the script to other narratives. Look at all the possibilities. 
hold them all up to your own gut. If your gut is screaming at you because of even one red flag, why wouldn't you heed to that? Because that is your mama wisdom. If you keep silencing your mama wisdom, then it might one day just stop speaking to you. (laughs) And that's no fun. But I promise you that mama wisdom is always inside of you. It's just a matter of when we want to tap into it and when we want to fully embrace it and when we want to reclaim our motherhood and fully, and I mean fully reclaim it. I'm honestly afraid that that many moms in our society, even very influential ones, have actually fully surrendered their mama wisdom due to fears, peer pressure, and people pleasing. And I think we see this a lot on social media too, of like influencers or people like celebrities. And I mean, maybe unintentionally, maybe intentionally, the sad part is they're leading thousands of mothers down that same dangerous path of completely silencing their wisdom of their own hearts. And it's heartbreaking and tragic, but it explains a lot. Culture, right? Culture. So I'm thinking for a second here. Um, I'm thinking back to when I was in this journey with my children, right? And I think actually of, of our most, our youngest child, okay, our youngest child. And I'd already gone through the healing of our oldest, had to do some healing with our middle one too until I fully woke up. And I, and I remember um, before we got pregnant with our third, we actually had a miscarriage. And it was in that moment where I felt obviously very sad, very defeated. Any, any of you that have had a miscarriage, and, and mine was a little bit of a later miscarriage too, so it was extremely painful emotionally and physically. And there's no doubt about it. There's nothing, I mean, it, it's even, it's hard to explain. And obviously any mother or woman who has gone through a miscarriage understands exactly what that feels like. And I sat there and I thought to myself, there's a reason why this happened. I mean, yes, of course, there's always a reason. There's always reasons that God has us go through trials and walk through certain things in our life. Um, And oftentimes we don't know until years later or months later or whenever that his timing wants to reveal to us why that thing happened and why it was so hard. But I remember sitting in that moment of that miscarriage and thinking to myself, I think I know what it was. I think I know what it was. And, and actually what it, what it was, was that I had a lot of toxicity still in my body. And I remember um, part of my life back then, I was still sort of straddling the fence a little bit with some Western medicine. I hadn't, I, I would say I hadn't fully, fully walked in to my motherhood in terms of reclaiming that motherhood, right? So I was still uh, going to a traditional dentist, probably still exposing myself to fluoride and crowns and heavy metal fillings and all of these things, right? And I, there was just something inside of me that was like, it's my fillings. It's my fillings. Like I remember tasting metal in my mouth for a very long time in my life. 
and not putting two and two together. And my suspicion in that moment was I knew what it was. My gut told me I knew what it was and something wasn't quite right. Now imagine, depending on who else is in that story with us, and you go and you share your gut feeling and you get shamed. You get basically told you're wrong. You're, you're, you're silly. You don't, you're not as smart as this person in a white coat. You don't have the training, the education. Or you share that maybe even with a friend or a family member and they kind of go, yeah, I don't know about that. You know, they kind of just dismiss it, right? And this is how this process happens. This is this dangerous path of silencing the wisdom of our hearts because I knew what it was. So then I went and got all my fillings taken out by a biological holistic dentist, which I highly recommend. If you are going to a traditional dentist, stop right now and go to a biological one. Um, and then we got pregnant and we had our beautiful baby girl. And I have to say of all of my children, she is hands down the healthiest one. Never have had, never ever has had a vaccine in her entire life. She's almost 10. Never has been to a well check. Oh, the horror. Oh, the horror that somehow she's thriving and has never been injected with anything and has never been to a well check. Because yes, my friends, that is very possible. In fact, that should be the norm, not the other way. Now, once you sense a script is harmful and have questions, what do you do? So first of all, you remember that the costs you might have to pay to ask questions and make decisions against the grain are far less than the costs your child might pay if you don't follow through and honor your gut. You use your voice, you speak up. It's really not that complicated, I promise. It just feels that way because of the criticism or the stories that we tell ourselves. It's just really scary and really hard at times. But ask every question. Use every resource available to you, especially the ones they tell you not to use. If they're deleting someone, if they're shutting someone down, if they're saying you can't buy this book, if they're saying this is pseudoscience, you're probably on the right track and you should probably go read that. <laughs> Consider why an authority would tell you not to use certain resources for knowledge. I mean, even think about vaccine books, right? Or VAERS. I mean, VAERS is totally and completely corrupt. But why do so many doctors not even use VAERS? I mean, number one is it takes about an hour to two hours to fill it out and they don't want to waste their precious time on your child, which is really sad. But think about, again, if you go into your pediatrician's office and you ask a question, why would they not want to answer your question? Why would they not want to have a conversation with you? To me, that is sketchy. And I promise you this, using your voice gets easier and then it gets really empowering. I want so badly for each of you to get this point because I want you to deeply experience the thrill and the satisfaction that comes from walking in the power of your own motherhood and knowing deep down that you are doing your very best for your child. Unless you use your voice to speak up and advocate for your child, 
you will always live in fear. You'll always live in fear that you aren't giving him or her your best. And don't get me wrong. I battle with self-doubt all the time. I do. I really do because we're human. But I don't have anyone else to blame but myself. I have taken that ownership back. I have reclaimed that motherhood back. And I think that's probably one of the hardest pieces is the shame piece. That we feel as though we made a mistake if our child is sick or if there's been a vaccine injury or they get a label or a diagnosis and we feel like it was our fault. We literally feel like we are a bad person. That's shame. And that's why people don't move forward. That's why parents stick the flag in their lawn, their lawn of you know autism awareness or they, they put the emblem on their Facebook page or they join this group or that group or donate to this organization or, you know, again, it's like that I belong to this thing because it's easier than facing the shame and working through the shame. But I know that I myself made the best choices that I could, even if I didn't know better. And I did not relinquish my power to strangers or the government or a random relative who wanted to shame me. That feeling is actually much worse than any self-doubt you will ever feel, I promise. So, reclaiming motherhood. It's all about considering what old stories contributed to us losing our voices in the first place. Okay, so number one. Number two. Remembering that the costs are way too high when we give away our power and we can't afford to pay the cost with our children. You cannot afford to pay the cost with your children, I promise you, or your future children. Number three, discerning when the expectations or recommendations are actually harmful. Meaning, that pediatrician saying you have to follow that CDC schedule, that your child is somehow the same exact constitution and what constitution means is like that your child is the same DNA, biological, everything makeup as this child over here, which is not true. Telling you that you have to fall into a box with them. That's harmful. That's actually harmful for them not to look at your child as unique, for them not to listen to you as the parent who you are the end all be all. They have no power over you, my friend. That pediatrician has no power over you. So those recommendations that they give based off the church of scientism is actually harmful. And then lastly, knowing what to do about it, right? Knowing how to speak up, ask questions, and use our resources to make informed consent decisions from a place of your mother wisdom. And honestly, I wish there were shortcuts, but there aren't, there just aren't, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, be able to give you a formula to make things easier. And in fact, reclaiming your motherhood is the harder path. It's easier in some sense to go with the flow and not rock any boats, but I will not stop saying this over and over my friends. The price you'll pay is the health and wellness of your children. Isn't that worth everything to turn around and start swimming upstream? Just even a little bit. Like, kind of time to swim upstream now. 
you will not drown, I promise you, because you will realize that there's a whole sea of mothers like me doing the same thing. I have gained more of a community by standing my ground, by holding the line, by speaking out than I ever have imagined I would gain. And yeah, I've lost some things along the way, but I've gained my child's health and freedom. When we compare the costs, there is no comparison. And if you give up your power and relinquish your mothering to others, you might one day wish you had not let them do this or that to your child. And I don't want you to get to that place where you have regret and you have to deal with the shame and all of that stuff. But if you walk in your power and reclaim your motherhood, you will never regret it. I promise you. And one day, one day, our children will even thank us. Maybe not. There might be like the middle child in there that's like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Always the middle child. But I promise you, I promise you, whether your children thank you or not, it'll still be worth it, my friends. It's always worth it. So I want you to reclaim your motherhood today. I want you to make that commitment to yourself today and that nothing will stop you. And even when it gets hard, it doesn't matter. Nothing's going to stop you because you know the truth. You know your child best. And it's just this divine gift we have this connection of mother to child. So thank you guys for listening today. Um, This is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. And one where if you follow me over on social media, uh, currently I am at the Warrior Center on Instagram and Jody Mestruck on Facebook. Um, Plus, like I said, I really encourage you to download the free app, which you can find at thewarriorcenter.com. If you want to If you want to go deep, you want to dig in, you want to learn, you want to become Dr. Mom, then I highly recommend joining the Warrior Center. You will not regret it one bit. And again, you can find that at thewarriorcenter.com. So thank you guys for listening today. Um, I am off to Hawaii tomorrow, and I cannot wait. Um, We are going to be visiting, or I'm going to be visiting, the uh, sandalwood farm, which is one of my absolute favorite essential oils of all time. So good for so many things. So follow along on my journey. And um, as always, reach out if you guys need anything. All right, guys, have a beautiful day and reclaim that motherhood. Hey guys, thanks for joining the episode today. As a reminder, you can connect with me over at thewarriorcenter.com. You can also grab my book, Autism Reimagined, on Amazon, available both Audible, ebook, Spanish, English, and you can also head to therighttorule.com for some freedom gear. Remember this, my friends, you are a sovereign human being, and you hold the power, not the government. See you next time.